beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, oh, you know what? You know what? I got crap from my wife. So I think you know this about me. I rant a little bit with the holidays when they come to the stores like months before they should. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and not even just, I, like, you're not even just, it's not one of those, well, it shouldn't be before Remembrance Day things for you. You're no. just well, like, like flat out like. Well, like middle of October. Yeah. It was like, or mid late October before Halloween happened. Yeah. Like I'm walking through the dollar store and Christmas, I'm starting to see Christmas stuff. Yeah. Right. So give me a break. But I got crap from Emily. <laughs> She's like, you're part of the problem. You know, this is why you're part of the problem. Can you guess why she thinks I'm part of the problem? Uh, you've got, I, I actually, I know 100%. So there is, uh, well, maybe not 100%, but I, I have a, I have a pretty good guess. There is a radio station that starts playing Christmas music uh, or only exists around and leading up to and maybe like just shortly after Christmas. And whenever that radio station drops for the past like two decades almost, the only thing that you have going audio-wise, nonstop, 24-7, is that Christmas radio station. Uh, Carl likes his Carl likes his Christmas tunes. I do. And so my <laughs> guess would be that it is now early November and you've got you've got the Christmas jams pumping. I Christmas is my favorite holiday season. Winter's the best. Right. But no. It, oh. it, it, this is this is not the thing. I don't listen to Christmas music till December usually. Okay. Um Hmm. I mean, I know you love the other thing is that you love snow. I'm going to say it and you're going to be like, "Of course." Right. I know that you Eggnog. love snow. Uh, is it in the stores? Egg, eggnog hit shelves like weeks ago. Yeah. I've bought two or three cartons already. I'm like oh, the only one that gosh. drinks it in the house. It's great. Well, <laughs> everyone else in the house is concerned with things like is someday meeting their grandchildren. <laughs> uh, and, you know. <laughs> Eggnog's delicious. I mean, so. I love me some I love me some eggnog too, but the fact that you're still alive with your eggnog consumption, they should be do like you should be in a lab with <laughs> sticky nodes stuck on you because yeah. it's potential that your genes unlock <laughs> some sort of future advancement for the human race. But hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. We're the B team. That's Carl. And that's Brady. And uh, we're back. We're back with some more news. We're back yeah. with some interesting news. Uh, one news topic today is going to be a little, potentially a little debatey. Which I'm excited for. I look forward to that. And um, but we're gonna kick things off with Carl. I'm gonna pass the reins over because he typically, unless he's dropped the ball, has nope. three topics for yep. us to choose from, and those are topics that are more world news sci, or not sci-fi, but well, often they've got like a sci-fi Some, connection. Th yes, they sometimes they feel a little sci-fi. The yeah. our, the world we live in sometimes feels sci-fi. But like an advancement of technology news topic yeah. is, is kind of the, the things you 
Yeah. So or take things some away. weird things in the take world it away, that sir. Are happening. All right. Okay. So I'll give you. I got three choices as always because okay. yep. choices are fun. Yep. It's a fun little game we can play. All right. So your first choice is cocaine hippos. Sounds like a bad movie that came out recently. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a follow up. Yeah, it sounds like a spinoff to uh, to Cocaine Bear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cocaine Bear does Cocaine the, Bear does the Savannah. That's yeah, yeah. the second is those that can't walk walk again. Uh, okay. And finally, <clears throat> um, uh, the future is Japan. Hmm. I, I I gotta go with cocaine hippos, Bob. I it, it's okay. probably not the right choice, but also <laughs> it's a fun it, one. How it, can uh, you? How can you yeah. not? Okay. Um. So <clears throat> the other two were uh, the there was a Japanese mobility show happened recently. Okay. Uh, and there was some really interesting uh, air quote mobility tech that came out of there. Things like quadcopters, um, like robotic hands that can like, that are very dexterous. Uh, there was a lot of like, when you think of like a mobility scooter, there was a lot of stuff based around like that kind of getting people that can't get around, helping them get around better. Uh, all the way up to like mech suits, like full on, like I'm in, ro- I'm inside the robot controlling the robot and it's a big, massive robot. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, okay. It's worth looking into if you like that kind of stuff. The, the walking thing, uh, there is, this is, this is came across my feed, uh, today. There's a 16, 62 year old man who's suffered with Parkinson's for three decades and has been unable to walk. Uh, and he got, just got an implant in his spinal cord that lets him walk comfortably, easily, and confidently. It's pretty crazy. That's I'm all, I get excited with those types of things. I get really excited. Like reading the article and like this guy's quotes is really cool. Yeah. Um, I like that. But you chose, Cocaine hippos for 400 Bob. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> All right. So uh, apparently this isn't too new of news, but it's like making some headlines right now because Columbia, which doesn't normally have hippos. <laughs> yeah. As kind of uh, stated, it's open season on hippos. Specifically, the cocaine-induced kind. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, are you familiar with the name Pablo Escobar? Yes. Yeah. So, big kingpin of Colombia, co- cocaine dealer, maker, peddler, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Um, he's like, he was like, the king of Colombia when he was on it at his peak. Anyway, he had like, he, he spent money frivolously on all kinds of crazy things, including like his own personal zoos. 
housing all kinds of exotic animals, animals, including hippos. Um, and apparently, since he's deceased and uh, stuff, some of these animals have found their way into the wild. And uh, usually, when an animal enters the wild, that in in a country that is not their native land. They are considered an invasive species, and you not always, but sometimes these invasive species uh, not only do well, but they thrive to the point where they become a problem to other native species and and humanity <laughs> in this case, apparently. But uh, yeah, the, the it's estimated that the hippo population. Uh, uh, is going to grow from like 166 in Colombia to over a thousand by 2035, uh, if left unchecked. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if these they're like. Uh, I just browsed through this <laughs> article because it's just more fun to kind of dream up what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if they're like cocaine bared. I don't think they are. I think they're just uh, like. Hippos are dangerous by nature. They're like the most dangerous animal in Africa. Yeah. Right. Like they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they'll just like eat you for the, they're, they're one of those, any, like yeah. nothing will mess with them. They f- mess with them everything. And, and they're extremely territorial and protective of their, 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 their the babies and other territory and all that stuff. And yeah, they're, they're, they're like, um, this is, this is kind of half anecdotal, but I'm sure I heard it somewhere. They're like, uh, credited for being killing like the most people annually over any other animal in Africa. Right. Um, yeah. So they're like super dangerous. So like them existing in Colombia where they shouldn't normally exist. Yeah. is pretty crazy. Um, so, and, and Columbia has got lots of like rivers and wetlands that they can thrive in too. So, <laughs> and being like, they're not really a predator, but essentially they're a predator, right? They're, they're, they're essentially an apex predator, <laughs> even though oh, they're yeah. not really meat eaters. Oh um, yeah. Uh, th- th- so like they're going to be the apex predator wherever they are just by nature of how they're built. So just crazy to think about these uh, these former cocaine hippos causing all kinds of craziness down in Colombia. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Gosh, like I don't even like. At that point, you just kind of. I was gonna say you just stay in the vehicle, but you just don't go on the safari. I mean, <laughs> it's not even safari. You don't go on the the riverboat cruises. <laughs> Up the M. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Oh, look at that—a hippo! Oh my God! Why is it? We're in Colombia. Why, why is there a hippo? Why oh my God! Look, <laughs> why does it look like it's jonesing right now? What's? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Jeez. Well, All thanks, right. Pablo. <laughs> thanks for uh, yeah. Way to go! Way for turning, way for turning the Jungle Cruise into a friggin' Scarface film. That's uh, that's fantastic. All right, so jumping into our actual main first main topic for the day. Uh, look, I've been no 
I've been no secretive person when it comes to my opinion on not only the greatest Disney film of all time, but the greatest animated film of all time. Um, and I stand by that being Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. 1937, I think that they did it perfect the first time. I think the first full-length animated film was perfection. And I think we have done some really great things ever since, but I don't think we've ever touched that title of of being the greatest and i also have not been a hater i've been more lenient i've been more excited i've been more accepting of disney's live action remakes than a lot of people right some of them have been kind of you know whatever but i'm the type of person who i'm just like well give me another one Right? Because some of them have been great. Beauty and the Beast was fantastic. Right? The Lion King was was really something to look at. Like, even though, you know, there was a, a couple of people had some complaints, I had a complaint or two, um, it was still spectacular what they were able to put together. The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book was incredible. It was an incredible film. Right? The first, the Cinderella they did. Excellent film. So, you know, and even the Aladdin film I really liked. So there's... There's been some bumps along the way. You've had your Lady and the Tramps. You've had your Pinocchios. You've had your Dumbos. You've had stuff like that. But I've I've still been on board. Give me more. Give me more. I just want it all. And so when I found out that they were doing Snow White, I got super excited because there have been live-action Snow White films in the last 15 years, right? We had... Um, one was Snow White and the Huntsman, and I think pretty much the same year or the very next year, a different company released a film called Mirror Mirror. And they are both Snow White films, um, but they're more, they're loose adaptations and they're loose adaptations of like the original Brother Grimm, Brothers Grimm story. They they weren't like renditions of the Disney version, and the Disney version is the one that I love. And so I, I was excited for a live action, have been excited for a live action version of, I want to see those same scenes recreated, right? I Like I want, I want to see Dopey accidentally swallow the bar of soap and all of a sudden he's got bubbles coming out of his ears. Like that, that is what mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to. And we just got to interesting things the first thing we got is the news that it has been delayed um originally this film was set to come out next year we were going to get it march 22nd 2024 and i was jazzed i was like all right here we go we're gonna get that we were gonna get that even before we were gonna get deadpool like literally right around the corner. Well, it's been delayed by a year. Pushed back to March 21st, almost a year. March 21st, 2025. Um, sad face. But the other thing that we got was an image. You know, they were kind of like, I guess their mentality was like, hey guys, sorry, we got to push it back a year, but we'll give you something. 
right? We'll give you, we'll we'll keep the appetite going. We'll keep this like this momentum there. We'll we'll give you a little appetizer so that you're still excited. And so they've released this image. You can find it just about anywhere online. You just have to look up Snow White first look. Um. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I'm going to say a couple of things. One is the look is like the aesthetic. The aesthetic of the world that they are placing it in. I think is spot on, right? I I think the costume design, I think the um, the set design, this sort of like clearly set in that old time German inspired fairy tale setting, um, I think is spot on. It's very reminiscent of the original, and it's it, it's exactly what I've been looking for and hoping for and wanting. I think that um, I think Rachel Zegler as Snow White looks great. I still, I was still, you know, there, there was this ongoing debate, and you know, people were like, "Well, how can you cast a non-white actress as Snow White?" And normally, I don't give two craps, right? Normally, I don't. If you want to cast a a Latin American Belle for Beauty and the Beast, go for it. 100% go for it, because Belle's ethnicity is not integral to her character in the slightest. In the uh, slightest. Th- no, I, I would it. argue on this one. Why? Because in the original Grimm's fairy tale, she's no, we're talking about a, no, we're talking about a Disney as... remake. We're talking about a Disney remake. If you go back and watch the Disney animated one, there's nothing in there where it's like, well, because I'm white, or because I'm a descendant of this bloodline right so it, it really in in that case it really truly doesn't make a difference if you want to have a black cinderella doesn't make they did that with the fairy godmother was black in the live action remake didn't make a difference great go for it fantastic snow white was one of these weird ones for me where again like i'm all for casting anyone cast the best actor that's that's your goal at the end of the day is cast the best actor for that role. Snow White is named Snow White because her skin was white as snow. Like so a little still a little strange in that regard simply because they're not going to be able to lean into that component of it, that part of the lore in this film. But it's fine. Whatever. Uh, I think she looks great. I think the dwarves, costume-wise, like aesthetic-wise, the look that they're going for, I think looks fantastic. They've they've made the decision to go full CG with the dwarves. Now, now, there will be an actor playing each dwarf, obviously. There's probably motion capture going on. There's obviously voice work going on. But, like, the final rendering that you're going to see on screen appears to be 100% CGI. I think they look okay. Really? Hang on. Bear with me. Okay. I think, I think they look fine. What doesn't work is the 
integration of Rachel Zegler's Snow White into that image. If you remove her, if you remove her, they don't look nearly as uncanny valley. They don't look nearly as janky as they do when suddenly they're standing next to a a live action actress. She is her being there is drawing out the weirdness of this picture. And and obviously that's an issue because she's Snow White and you have to have her there. So I mean, obviously the film was delayed because of the ongoing actor strike. Actor strike still happening. It's still happening. And we're going to talk about that a little bit next week. Some bullshit with like, they were so freaking close. So freaking close to finishing this. There's a little teaser for next week. And then, and then the studios are still making asinine AI demands. And it just like kibosh the whole, we're so freaking close. Anyways. Um, so it was delayed because of the actor strikes. Hopefully this gives them time to, to go, you know what? We know we have a good idea. We have a good direction, but our idea when put onto like when all thrown together just isn't quite working out the way that we saw it working out in our heads. Hopefully this gives them time to go in and like hone in some things and fine tune some things because I, I agree this image is not a good image. But it's not a good image because, like, the if you look at the dwarves, if you look at the set, the set looks amazing. If you look yeah. at the dwarves against that set, it works. It looks great. If you look at Rachel against that set, it works. It looks great. If you look at Rachel against those dwarves, all of a sudden the dwarves look like characters from shrek 5 yeah i mean i think if that's your kind of yeah if that's the stance you're taking i think i can get behind it um yeah because it's very much it feels i don't know i know somebody's some some place that things have done it recently but it's kind it's almost like like a, a roger rabbit space jam kind of feel right now with this image. A little bit. Yeah. Right? Like it looks like she is in a world she doesn't belong. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Right? Which I mean is the story of Snow White but just not in this regard. <laughs> right? I mean, yes, it, and like dwarves exist in her world. Like she does it's not it's we're not talking about like um um Alice in Wonderland here, right? Like right. she's she's not falling down a rabbit hole into a different universe right. or into her mind or however you interpret it, right? This this is her world. This yeah. she lives in a fantasy world with birds that talk to her and listen to her and and she communicates with and dwarves, right? Yeah. And th- she they need to look like they coexist. I don't understand why they would use CG Right. Like I know Peter Dinklage got all up in arms that they're using dwarves and instead of casting normal people to play them. <laughs> but, but like, well, no, his big, his big thing was just the use of the word dwarf. 
right? And that it was offensive to and no, that, I, I, that I, when were, we started talking about this, I put it. He's he's specifically talked about casting normal people. Uh, to play, I'm gonna play play keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna literally pull up no this. offense or anything, but I was sort of taken aback. They were very proud to cast a Latino actress. Blah, 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 blah. Take a step back and look what you're doing there. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so you're still telling the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Well, maybe it is. Yeah. You're and so, but then in di- one way, but you're. Disney came uh, back. A, Disney uh, came back uh, in the uh, other sense, and Disney was like, no, no. Like when we say dwarves, well, we're talking think, very much in like the fantasy like, Tolkien yeah. kind of. But but here's here's the thing like there 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 is another side to this right like Peter Dinklage is a very successful actor and uh, little oh, sure. person right like but but um, do you know what's his name I'm gonna get it wrong I think it's Hornswoggle he's a he's he he's a bit of he did some wrestling he's a little person who did some wrestling okay. in WWF and he, I think he's done a, has a few acting credits but he like after this quote from Peter Dinklage he's like. Dude, shut up! Like yeah. I'm looking for work, and you're taking you're taking food off my plate. Yeah, like, I mean, my, my guess I want, would I want be, that job. I want to be in this Disney show as yeah. as a dwarf. My my guess would <laughs> this, be the, this the is reason built for me. The reason why, like, and this isn't a good. It's not a good reason, but I'm I'm guessing this is the reason. The reason why they, um. The reason why they went full CG was because they their character design, what they wanted was to have these exaggerated features on the dwarves. But the yeah, issue but with, that, that with no, makeup. I know, I know, that's what I'm saying. It's it's not a good argument because Yeah. Peter and Jackson proved Yeah, you I was can just do about to do that. I was just about to bring that up. Like right? even with all even with if you, all the issues of the even Hobbit if you series. Cast normal actors. Yeah. You all can the make issues them Look of small. the Hobbit series, the look of the dwarves is not one of the issues with the Hobbit. Yeah, absolutely, right? that yeah. was done well. And and like you could you can cast somebody like Peter Dinklage or Hornswoggle to play the dwarf right alongside a a six foot actor. Like Gimli was played by the tallest actor in the cast. Yeah, like cinematography is amazing nowadays and and that's not even using cg magic they did that that was using camera trickery yeah like physical physical trickery like physically fil- the way they filmed it made him look small nothing to do with cg yeah like so there's no reason for this and it probably would have been a hell of a lot cheaper i bet uh like cg is yeah, not cheap. probably like I read somewhere recently in the last year, year and a half that one of the reasons a lot of the CG we're getting from big budget titles like Marvel and stuff don't look great is because the graphics of the, the, the effects departments in these studios are like tapped out. Oh, they they are 100%. They don't have time or energy to, to make it look like it did five ten years ago yep so we're getting garbage like this (laughs) yep not that this is horrible but it just definitely doesn't fit like 
yeah, it, practical effects would have been far superior here. It needs some work because if this is if this is what ends up if this is the final product and that's what things look like when it's all said and yeah. done, then that is going to be the center focus of of people's review of the film. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter not, how great did the Pinocchio story is. Pinocchio do something like this? Because like, they had Tom Hanks as, as uh, um, Geppetto. Yeah, I mean, P Pinocchio is fully CGI. Yeah, but did, did it look like out of place kind of like this? or? Um, it, Pinocchio, I never saw it. Pinocchio was a little different because Pinocchio, I would say Pinocchio actually nailed the look. Yeah, it could get away with it because it's magic or something. Yeah, because what they did, I'll send you a picture. And again, people can people can just go look this up. Um, what they did was, although it's CGI, they did it in a way that that looks like it looks like a cartoon. Like it looks like the cartoon. It almost has like a cartoon glow to it, but because it's not a real human or, or like a, a living it, because they're not trying to do s like flesh and bones. It doesn't have that uncanny look. It actually has like sort of a, a wonderfully magic kind of look to it. So that's, you know, that's, I think that's a big difference. Right. Like even, even like they did some CG work to Tom Hanks himself. A little bit, but maybe, maybe, maybe. or just, make yeah, yeah more, I don't know. Just put some, put some makeup on him, and, you know, Tom Hanks doesn't need to look any more wonderful than he does, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, anyway. Talking about CGI. Uh, Chris Pratt is, you know, no small name in Hollywood right now, right? He's he awesome. went from being Chris Pratt. He went from being the chubby sitcom guy <laughs> who had a, a still chubby sort of supporting role in James McAvoy's Wanted movie. He was kind of the douchey best friend that was on a an energy drink cleanse. Right. Um, to being this buff guy in Jurassic Park franchises and Guardians of the Galaxy franchises and so on and so forth. Like, just, just this powerhouse out of nowhere uh yeah. he's also had quite a bit he, he's been growing his name quite a bit as a su successful voice actor obviously the yeah. first notable thing was in the lego movie mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um he followed that up somewhat controversially at first everyone was like what <laughs> like what is this casting uh but he played mario in the super mario bros movie yep <clears throat> And now the next film that he's he's <clears throat> starring in as a voice is an upcoming reimagining, retake, reboot on the Garfield franchise. And I think when I first heard this, and I don't know that this this reaction has changed a whole lot, my thought was really not, not, not at the whole Chris Pratt thing, but like just at the Garfield thing in general. Look, I love Garfield, I do. 
right? How much and, do you love Garfield? Dogs? Well, every I I mean. You know, I'm not like the crazy for Garfield, but like every Christmas, yeah. the Garfield Christmas special is right. still absolutely one of the go tos. And, but I, but Garfield's one of those names. And maybe someone listening, maybe even you, Carl, because you've got young ones that are rocking Netflix and everything else, maybe you'll have an answer to this. There's a lot of those older animated properties that you would tend to look at and go, well, do kids even know <laughs> what this is? And like, do ki- have kids yeah. even heard of this? My, but in a yeah. lot of cases, they no. they do. No, in a lot of cases, they do because there is some low budget reimagined, like animated reimagining thing that is dropping in the kids section of Netflix. Great examples of this are things like Scooby Doo, right? I would go. Do kids <laughs> even know what? scooby-doo is but there have been in the last 20 years almost constantly some sort of scooby-doo animated show going on same thing with ninja turtles right yeah you would I, go but i would put those, those are in a different are? category altogether from garfield because garfield's not really a, a, a show slash movie property it's a it's a comic strip well i mean okay it, but like, by they're, that they're, virtue so is ninja turtles origins. A comic book, different media, um, right? But like but Garfield has still had films and shows. It, it and- has, but like it, it doesn't have the um, like for the screen presence. I don't think Garfield's got the same staying slash interest powerhouse abilities that those other two that you've mentioned and others on top of that have, uh, like. My my eleven year old probably if I, I asked her who Garfield is she probably might know, but it it's not going to be because of any kind of visual media through uh, cinema, right? So it looks like the last time there was a Garfield show, um, there was a Garfield show that ran from it did one hundred and seven episodes between two thousand nine and twenty sixteen. Yeah, so it's been a while. It's been a while, show. but it's it's still it's not necess- it's not like it's been 20 years. It's not like they're trying to revive no. it's not like they're doing a Betty Boop film and marketing <laughs> it at kids who have no idea who the hell Betty Boop is or Felix the Cat or, you know, one of those properties. So I don't know. So I, I I'm I'm looking at it from a logistical standpoint. And I'm going well. It'll be interesting to see. Um. It it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. What I will say, because they've shown us an image here, of what Garfield's going to look like. This is perfect. Like if you are going to do a CGI Garfield film, this is what your Garfield should look like. Because he is, un- unlike the Bill Murray Garfield, which I think Bill Murray voiced that character perfectly, but they weren't great movies. Um, this is this looks like Garfield pulled straight from that comic strip, from that yeah. Sunday morning newspaper comic strip. Uh, yeah. it, this looks great. And... I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, we all kind of went, ah, they're doing a Barbie movie. 
and look what it did, right? And and even more so, more to right. the point. When and and again, this is this is going to be one of those Heath Ledger Joker things, right? Where people after the fact, after it turned out to be amazing, people were all like, "I knew it. I knew it was going to be great." I said from day. Shut up. No, you didn't. <laughs> There's not a single person on this earth that wasn't like, really. The Brokeback Mountain guy is going to be Joker, right? Like, people were upset. Uh, And much like that, and staying in tune with the whole um, Chris Pratt thing, a lot of people, myself included, their initial reaction was, how the hell are you going to do a Lego movie? (laughs) How the hell are you gonna do a Lego movie? What? Yeah. That sounds like a sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, so I look. I think this looks. I mean, this is just a still image. But if they can tap into that Super Mario slash Lego movie slash whatever style of humor, the Sonic the Hedgehog kind of thing, then I think this may end up being really spectacular. Uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm actually, it's not something I'm going to rush out and see in the theaters by any means. Um, but, but, yeah, uh, but I, I, I still I think, think it's going to be good. I think that's, that's its problem right there. What you just said, you're not going to rush out to the theaters yet. I think a lot of people are going to take that stance. They're not, I'm not, I'm not going to poo poo on it and say that this is stupid and it's going to be horrible. It has the potential to be great. Of course it does. Like it's Garfield's a great character with lots of fun to be had. Right. But like you, like you keep mentioning, you mentioned Barbie, you mentioned uh, Mario, like these outside of movies and TV are already uber popular franchises yep. uh, that, that, that have a huge base to draw from. I do not Garfield as much as, as beloved as Garfield is. And I like, Gar, I, I grew up every Sunday. My dad would go into, into town early buy a Sunday paper, come home. And the paper he bought had a big, like four, like newspaper size four four pages front and back of <laughs> so comics. like eight pages total of comic strips and yeah. i would read that and garfield was always like top front page of the comic strip section and yeah. i like loved reading the garfield comic and I, like so i grew up on garfield i love garfield but i think this is one of those things where it's like it's like me getting excited about a power rangers movie right it doesn't have the same draw as Barbie. <laughs> and I never thought I would hear you say that. Right. As much <laughs> as I love it, as much as like, I, 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 I watched the new movie that came out on Netflix. Right. I, I thought it was fun, but it's, it, it's not going to pull numbers the way Mario is No. So, well, yeah, do, yeah, I don't do think well? anyone, Will it do well? Ah, yeah, it might make some money, but it's not going to be a blockbuster. <laughs> no, no. And I don't think anyone thinks it's going to do Mario numbers. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
moving on to our next topic. Um, the first trailer has dropped. The teaser trailer for <clears throat> Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh. Which is one of the things, that, like when Disney bought Fox, they said, um, we intend to do more. Because Matt Reeves kind of, like his intention was that he was going to do that trilogy the poorly named trilogy. I've said that I've said this for years. <laughs> yep. Yep. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes. There is an issue with all three titles. Number one, should Dawn not have been the name of the first one? <laughs> right? Dawn like the beginning of the Planet of the Apes. And then once it's begun, it rises. <laughs> right. Like, so that that to me has always been backwards. That was poor naming, super, super poor planning. Uh, and then the issue with War of the Planet of the Apes is a title like that insinuates that at some point in the film, there's going to uh, be a war. Um, and there wasn't. <laughs> it was, it, 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 you know, it might have... Civil War? Maybe? Yeah, it might have been, <laughs> might as well have been called like Shawshank, the Planet of the Apes Redemption. Like that was... Essentially, it was just a prison film. Now, uh, but he intended, like, that was his trilogy and he was done, right? It was a prequel trilogy to the original Charlton Heston, meant to be in the same continuity um, trilogy. Well, but then when Disney bought Fox, Disney said, no, 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 we're going to do some more. We, we have plans to do more. Um, and they are going to be set in the, the world that, um, that we're gonna they're gonna be a continuation of what Matt Reeves has done. Yeah, <clears throat> and so this trailer comes out, and look, there's a couple of things. It's it's stunning. It's visually stunning, and these the the newer ape films have always been visually stunning, like. The CGI, you want to talk about bad CGI on the Seven Dwarves? The CGI on these apes has always been eerie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, has always been confusingly good. Scary good. Yeah. Um, and this is no different. This is no different. It's been... I, I haven't looked it up, but... I think it's like something like 500 years or something is is the time jump that we're seeing between the last one and and this, right? Quite a bit of time has passed. We see that humans, any humans that are still kicking around have kind of been reduced to frightened, in hiding, almost savage like like do you know what I mean? They're like yeah, primitive. Yeah, like cavemen now. <laughs> yeah, they've become primitive. Um, so we see that we see a shot of, I don't know if it's supposed to be New York or Chicago or Detroit or whatever it is, but we see Large skyscrapers city. that are just the bare, remaining bare bones of skyscrapers and they are completely covered in yeah. foliage. Nature has taken them back. Nature has found a way. Um, and this, it seems like the stakes are going to be interesting in this, right? We've got the whole, like, apes are... It, it seems like what it's setting up is apes are dead set against humans, except there's this one ape that's going to be human sympathetic and 
and kind of rescues one and and you know what I and so we can see where the conflict and the tensions are going to come out of that and so on and so forth. The one issue that I think this film is going to have, the one struggle is obviously not only by virtue of the fact that it's been hundreds of years but also by the fact that he very clearly died at the end of his trilogy is that there's no Caesar. There's no Andy Serkis as Caesar. And again, understandably, right? Like it would be it would be a mistake to have Caesar in this because we would all be going like, what the hell? You can't retcon your blah, blah, blah. Right? Like I get it. But I think that Caesar, like... You're, by not being able to have Caesar, you're losing a very big draw for your franchise. Mm. He was the main character of those three films. He was. <clears throat> I, yeah. I think you, you have a strong point uh, there, right? Like he was the protagonist for those three films. So <clears throat> moving and he died in the last one. So moving forward without him, you're you're kind of you're starting out uh, with a handicap. Yeah, you've you've got a and and you know taking place five hundred years past. All of them, everybody in that film should technically oh, be gone. dead. Apes, yeah, included. they're all gone. Yep, right. So really, what we're looking at here is like a lineage film. Like it is the, son, said, the, the lineage of Caesar, the lineage yeah. of uh, his what's legacy. his name? Who was the bad the the pro the antagonist from? Oh, the, um, uh, yeah. The lineage of the gorilla, the, or the lineage of the, the orangutan. orangutan, right? Like the, they're the sons and daughters of of these individuals, yeah, and where they are now. And that's and they've said <clears throat> that that's that's what this is. You know, it's it's going to be. It's this is a film about Caesar's legacy, and and I get that, and I think that's I I think what they're going to have to do is you are going to have to have uh, Koba. Koba was the was the bad right. ape. Yeah, um, you are going to have to have frequent, or if not frequent, at least a very clear very poignant early on reference to Caesar. You're going to have to have the apes talking about Caesar. Yeah. Right. Well, when I see this trailer, to me, it feels like the protagonist looks very Caesar-esque. And when yeah, I, I mean, seen the, when I seen the ape in the, with the crown, he looked very Koba-esque. Yeah. Right. So, I feel like it's like you think it's bloodlines. I, I feel like from this trailer, the story is going to be something like there's either going to be two factions of, of apes that are kind of ha living amicably or might have some animosity or one small handful of apes are kind of like living outside of the norm of what other apes have chosen to live. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's the story uh, starts out or entwines something in some fashion that way. Yeah, from this. I don't know. Trailer, I, anyway, 
I'm still excited for it. I've watched all the others. Um, I'm going to be that guy right now, and I'm going to let everyone know that I have not seen the original. Like the original originals? The original, like the Charlton Heston one. Oh. Um, I think I may have only ever seen one. I I, I haven't seen any of them, because there's like the Charlton Heston one, and then there's like three or four sequels, right? And then there's the not in, like the only one that's not in the same continuity, which is Tim Burton's one, which I also have not actually seen. Like I've seen no. clips. I've seen it gets clips. some hate, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. pretty cool. I've seen some clips. I, and I, you know, I, I have no qualms about spoiling the 1960s Planet of the Apes. Like I, I understand the story. Right. I understand that that it's thousands of years in the future and there are these space explorers, whatever, who are have to make a landing on this crash landing or whatever. They have to their ship's not functioning. They have to land on this some planet and they discover that the planet is run by a bunch of apes. Right. Apes are the predominant species on this planet. They're hyper evolved and super intelligent and. And so on and so forth. And at some point towards the end of the film, the big reveal is that this planet is actually Earth. And that's when all of the lore is born, right? That like there was something happened. There was a rise up. There was an a insurgence and, and the apes took over. And that is the reason. These are humans that don't even know their own history at this point. It's been so long. Right, that's the reason these are humans who are off in space, is because they had to get the hell out. <laughs> right, like it was time to go. Yeah. Um, so I am hoping that we see. I don't know if it'll be in this film. I don't know if it's going to be in one of the because uh, they Disney said they're going to do more than one, and so that's that, for me. That's a missing piece of the puzzle right now. Right, we've seen. We've seen the humans get all but wiped out. And then we've seen the humans' last real army get taken out by that avalanche, which I guess was the war. We assumed it was humans against apes. It was actually humans against snow. Um, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, <laughs> so dumb. But what we haven't seen is those those that were able to get off world right that that is the missing link right now yeah if if any yeah well obviously some did because in the future we have humans that are able to come back to the planet and and discover it right in so this world yeah oh yeah the, this this is set uh, this is a direct prequel these are direct prequels to the Charlton Heston one oh really it is the same continuity news to me and so that that's something that and maybe maybe it's something that that's happened off screen because we do get a shot in this where one of our main characters appears to be in some sort of like telescope observatory so maybe that was the facility that they were using to figure out their escape and maybe there'll be some sort but I do you know what I mean I need I need some sort of dialogue. I need some sort of exposition right. to explain that like, there are humans off world. I feel like if that's anywhere, it's it's somewhere in the background of the first one. Uh, you know the second I mean? one. 
the second no. one because by the end no because by no, the no, end no. of the first, the first one, one the first where the first one where caesar gets the gift of gab yeah but by the end of that first film he's the only one he's still the only one that's got it and and my, some my point no, escape you, from you're missing zoo. my point you're missing my point so as that films progress like humans it's like modern day right and the researchers trying to cure some mental illness to help yeah. his dad and he's testing it on caesar and caesar yep. right during that film humans are still the predominant species right, right? it would if 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 there's any <clears throat> uh seeding we'll call it seeding of the heston films and space travel and humans going to space like Somewhere in the and on a TV in the background is uh, some astronauts you, getting on a space shuttle to so go to space. You, uh, right. So you think maybe they're off world for <laughs> other reasons, and those just happen to be the ones that survived because they weren't around when the apes took over. Yeah. Uh, okay. See. Yeah. See. So because my perspective was, well, they left <clears throat> like it was an escape attempt. But okay. Yeah. yeah no. M- maybe. All right. Moving on. Uh, speaking of trailers, we now have our first trailer for. The character who was probably the worst setup character in the history of the MCU. A character that has so much potential as a character uh, and then just was done all kinds of dirty justice uh, in, in the Hawkeye series. We have our first trailer for Echo. Yeah, I don't get this. No? I don't. I'm not excited about it. I don't understand why we're getting it. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to poo poo on this just cause I don't, I don't, I don't think it's the right move. <laughs> okay. Like it could be a great show. I, but I don't, I'm not, I just, I don't care. Like right. who, who is she that I would care about her in terms of the Marvel universe? Well, I mean, she's, you can, she's, you a, could she's a secondary, she's a, she's essentially a secondary antagonist to to a to a Hawkeye show, right? She's not even really the primary antagonist of that show. No, but like, wh- why are you giving me a secondary character back uh, show as a as a solo show? Give give me Kingpin. I want a. King, I'd rather have a Kingpin show. Tell me what Kingpin was up to during the blip. Like, did, right. did he get blipped? Well, and if it he looks didn't, like we might... what was he up to? Like, obviously, Kingpin is in this. Yeah, it looks like we but might get a lot of that in this show. why isn't he the primary showrunner for it? I don't know. Maybe Why is he playing a side Echo? Because they've got big plans for Echo, man. I don't know. Echo, we haven't seen... I don't care about Echo. Who we cares? Haven't... Okay, but... <laughs> okay, listen. I'm, just... I'm, I, I'm not against you in this okay so my <laughs> listen my take was i didn't really care and then hawkeye made me care less because i was like oh you guys have done this like this character was just not interesting in this show yeah watching this trailer has turned me around a little watching this trailer i have gone oh hang on i still don't know much about echo and so i like you guys have got a lot of heavy lifting to do here. But the show itself looks great. Like the trailer to me looks great. Here's the thing. And this is just me playing devil's advocate. This is me being hopeful. 
yes, right now, who cares about Echo? Nobody. But we don't know what the master plan is. And if this show does, like any show, any show, right? Whether it be um, Moon Knight, whether it be Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is a great example. Miss Marvel is a fantastic example. Great show, fantastic show. Made Miss Marvel probably a lot of people's new favorite, like it be- became some people's new favorite MCU character, right? Enough so that she's one of the main three in the upcoming Marvel's movie. But prior to going into Miss Marvel, who cares? Lo- who cares? I, I, okay, now hang on. I think that is a <clears throat> a gross miscalculation on the popularity of Miss Marvel because Marvel as a whole, not just mm-hmm. cinematic, has been pushing Miss Marvel uh, for a while, for a long time now. Right, no, but that's the thing. I we're talking and, general uh, we're talking general audience here and I guarantee <sighs> you unless you unless you played the Avengers video game or read a comic book prior to that Miss Marvel show, you had never heard of Miss Marvel before. You had no idea who she that was. That may be so, but your core fan base is going to push the film more than casual f- f- uh, audiences. Yeah. I mean, I still, uh, we still You're disagree. You're not going to get the I same think. traction. Like, this show is not going to get the same traction as Miss Marvel because Miss Marvel is way more popular with the general fan base, the the actual yeah. fan base of Marvel. Like, it, it, you're you're comparing a dollar bill to a to a thousand dollar bill. <laughs> like, it, they're 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 two different they're two different leagues. Yeah, I uh, I still think that. Uh, what's this say here? Is this going to support my do 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 do? Currently, bah, bah, bah. No, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, I I still think that I still think that we disagree on, um, and it's fine that we disagree. We just we don't need to convince each other otherwise. I think we still disagree on the amount. Um, Oh, here we go. This is this is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, oh, come on. Stop trying to advertise to me. Get out of my way. <laughs> um, where are we here? Okay, a few years ago, there was a poll of MCU fans. The question was the number of comics that those MCU fans had read in the last year. 80% said zero. So that's the thing. They're, like We talk about the core fan base of the MCU. And, and your stance seems to always be that, well, you're a core fans, the majority of your fans, the ones who are really buying the tickets and spending the money and making your projects, projects successful, those are comic book fans. Those are the people who are reading the comics, who know these characters already. Those are your, that's your audience. And, and surveys, polls have been done that disprove that. 
sure, there's a large... Because here's the thing. The number of people who read comics is seeing a resurgence, but worldwide, it's still not that many, right? Like, the number of people who went to go see Endgame, who had ever read a comic before in their life, I'm guessing is less than 15%. Because so many people went to go see that movie. So many people go to see these MCU films. That comic book fan, in, in the world of comic book fans, the MCU has become a category of its own and and is a large category that is populated by people who aren't going to read comics, have no interest in reading comics, but they love these movies. And so they go to see these. I know many, many, many people, many people, many people within my family who love the MCU have, have are all caught up, have never, never read a comic book before in their life never read a comic book before in their life and they never will and the mcu Why hasn't enticed them to what how are they all cut up what do you mean how did they get all caught up oh caught up just by watching just who, by who, watching who, the mcu did yeah but my i guess the point i'll drive home i'll drive get right to the point did you like encourage them to get caught up uh in maybe my sisters, yeah. But here, look. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You want to you want to know the honest, honest to God truth? Are you ready for this? Sure. Cover to cover. I've never sat and read a full comic book. Never. And I'm a massive <clears throat> comic comic super comic book content fan. But I've never sat down and read an issue of Spider-Man. I've never sat down and read an issue of the Fantastic Four. Right? What got me into comics, or the world of, I can't say comics, but what got me into the world of the geeky superhero stuff was Michael Keaton's Batman. And then Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and the X-Men. That's what got me into this. Now, I've spent, the reason I know the things that I know is because... I've developed an interest because I'm I fall into a little in terms of comic book movie fans I fall into a little bit of a minority where I need to know more I need to know more I need to know more and I've sat and read wikis and I've watched videos and I've watched like you know I've I've eaten up time that could have been spent organizing my office and and taking out the garbage and doing the dishes I've spent that time researching and learning because I'm that type of, I'm a curious type, but, the, but 80%, 80% of current MCU watchers don't read comics. And so they are in terms of like when echo comes out, when they announce that echo is coming out, 80% of the MCU audience doesn't have the ability to be able to look at a character like Echo and discern that that's a secondary character that nobody cares about and doesn't have a big role in the comics. But even right? in the they show, just she's go, a secondary oh, character. Right, sure. Okay, but the, like, with the Miss Marvel thing, right? With the Miss Marvel thing, 
that was just the next that it was Miss Marvel was akin to Moon Knight was akin to was akin to Doctor Strange when the first Doctor Strange film came out. They had no idea. There was no difference to them. It was just a new character that the MCU was introducing. And that's and that's all there is for them. I I I'm I I, I can I can give some ground uh based on the the evidence of this these polls. Right. But the polls don't take into account fans of comic books and and even TV shows and other lesser quote unquote forms of media yep. than cinema and TV, uh, live action TV shows like what we're getting here, right? We're talking about here, um, they don't they don't take into account the fans of that other stuff pushing the, the uh, through social media and YouTube and, and and other things these characters like like if if we stick with just Miss Marvel and and um see, I forget her name uh Echo, Echo right like Miss Marvel like in the comics they've been pushing her for years decades almost at least a decade minimum right but like she's everywhere else like my boy watches a spider-man kid show for toddlers and she is a a, a common recurring character right right like it, the show is spider-man ghost spider and miles morales teaming up and fighting usually green goblin uh doc ock or rhino right you know who he teams up with when he needs to team up with people well Ms. besides marvel. those three people miss marvel black panther or the hulk right right now but miss marvel miss that puts miss that that puts miss marvel on the same level as the hulk and black panther maybe in terms of that show not in no, terms no no of no, like no global popularity no no no, you don't just like that puts her on the same level, like in terms of iconography, she's, she's now on the same level iconically in comics and comic fandom overall as those two people. Echo is nowhere near that. Yeah. We, I, yeah. I mean, right? we're, we're going to have to disagree just because, you know, like my mom knows who the Hulk is. My mom knows who Black Panther is. My mom's never heard of Miss Marvel. Ever. Right? Like, right. and, and that's she's never heard of Echo. She's, no, <laughs> there, no, there's no, even no, less well, of a chance exactly. she's heard of Echo. Exactly. She's going to hear about Miss Marvel before she hears about Echo. That's why I'm saying Miss Marvel is closer to Echo than no. the Hulk. <laughs> and they were able to basically at the end of the day this all comes back we this big this was not the one like, this was not the topic that was supposed to be the debate talk topic today <laughs> this all comes back down to listen the majority of mc 80% of mcu watchers right probably like, didn't know who miss marvel was prior to going into miss marvel and many of them came out of that loving the show and loving the addition of Miss Marvel to the MCU. There is no reason right now until we see the show 
until we see the show. There's no reason for us to not think that they'll be able to do the same thing with Echo, right? Because Guardians of the Galaxy, going into Guardians of the Galaxy, even comic book fans, even comic book fans, going into Guardians of the Galaxy, were saying, who the hell cares? Why? Why are you doing Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, really? I would, I would say yes and no. Okay. They were, Anyways, they, we were a lesser known, they were a lesser known group. But again, I think I think this is this this is the same argument can be made here. They they were far well more well known than someone like Echo. Okay, we right? we have to they move were, on. They were along for ages. Yeah, and we, I think your mom is on. a bad sample group to take in this. <laughs> Screw you! Screw you! Don't talk about my mom. So, um, sorry, Brady's mom. Just saying. <laughs> we uh, we we got to move on. But the gist of it is, there's there's an Echo trailer out. It's given me hope. Carl doesn't give two shits. Yeah. Um, which excites me because that means that he's going to be grumbly every week when we sit down to review <laughs> the next episode of it. So I got to sit down and pretend to have watched it, but never. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll bite you in the ass. All right, moving on. Sticking with Marvel shows. So Daredevil Born Again, which is the show that has started, ended, started, ended, gotten a new director, gotten a new script, started, restarted, got delayed. Um, but it's still coming. It is still coming. And we just got a really interesting and big piece of news for it, which is that Daredevil Born Again has found a showrunner. And that's bigger than you may think. So it, it they found a showrunner. The showrunner that they found is the uh, is a guy named Dario. I'm going to totally butcher this. Dario Scardapane, Scardapan, um, who was the executive producer on the Netflix Punisher series. So already right there, anyone who enjoyed the Punisher series is going to go, ooh, okay. Okay, like the direction that maybe this is going. They've also found directors that are, are going to come in and pick things up and kind of finish off the series. Those directors are Chris Ord and Matt Corman, who um, did. Uh, they're, they're, they've done the second much of the second season of Loki, and they also directed Moon Knight. And the direction, uh, the, the, the direction in Moon Knight was not the issue with Moon Knight. The writing was the issue with Moon Knight. So there's, there's hopes there. Um, but why is this such a big deal? People are going, wow, it's such a big deal because it's the showrunner from Punisher. No, no, no. This is a big deal because, so like, what does a showrunner do on a show? A showrunner is kind of like what Kevin Feige is for all of the MCU, except specifically just for a show, right? They oversee everything. They oversee scripts, they oversee direction, they oversee marketing, they oversee everything. They are the showrunner. The reason this is a big deal is because this is the first Disney Plus MCU show that has had a showrunner. And a statement came out from Marvel, from Disney, not long ago, saying that moving forward, they were going to begin to start implementing some more traditional television tactics, methods. And this is a sign of that. This is someone who will answer directly to and only to Kevin Feige. So that Kevin Feige 
can still have a foot in the door and and maintain his vision and the continuity that he needs within this world so that all the pieces still fit together. But on the days that Kevin Feige can't be there, it's not just going to be in every man for himself, which is what these other properties have been, and I think in many ways has been some of the downfall of the Disney Plus MCU shows. So, actually really, really, really big news is that not only does this show, not only has this show found its showrunner, but this show is going to have a showrunner, a captain at the wheel. Mm. Really, really, really big deal. Carl, for the first time in this episode, for me to, first time I've actually asked you, you, you're hearing this. Does this excite you? Does this give you hope? Knowing that there will be someone at the helm 24-7 versus just, yeah, Kevin Feige's technically overseeing this, but also he's over on the set of Fantastic Four, (laughs) and he's also doing, and then he's got a meeting at two, and then he's got, right, like, you know. Yeah. And then, and then he's, he's. He's, then he's got to meet with his lawyer to discuss his divorce because he hasn't actually been home in 17 years. <laughs> and yet, right, like all these things, does this excite you? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, this show I am looking forward to, I think. Uh, yeah, and and like coming the, the showrunner, like you're giving uh, the like – that the fact that it is the showrunner is the exciting thing here that that is exciting but i think yeah his credentials are i think what his credentials are really what makes him exciting right like he's been involved with uh marvel productions over at netflix those netflix shows with the exception of iron fist which was horrible were amazing um and yeah like that uh, that gives me more hope that this will be good, if not mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. I'm pumped. I still maintain, and I think it's become clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer that this is not the same Matt Murdock from the Netflix show. Well, the article that you've linked here says so. Yeah. Um, right. um, which go? I know was was a, not a debate, but a... a a disagreement uh, between us early on. Born again, not meant to be a continuation of the ends from the Netflix show. No, which is a bit of it's a, a different universe. Different universes matter. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you've got all that groundwork. Why not use it? But okay, whatever yeah. you mean. You want to do what Star Wars did and throw the the baby out with the bathwater? You go right ahead. Well, because it's far too like all of a sudden it would be you know if you tried to take that and then plop it into the MCU's continuity, it would have worked. Every fan would be Those, asking, "Why is Daredevil suddenly far less violent?" I don't. Th- I know I, this is good. This is, those these films. This this will be good. It'll be. It would have been fine. I think it would have yeah. been fine. Anyways, m- moving on to our final topic. Was this one supposed to be the divisive one? Well, potentially, because it potentially. seems pretty clear cut to me. <laughs> because the article that I sent you. Um, it presents it as clear cut. However, almost every other article that's out there 
instead of saying, ooh, something's been confirmed, it says, ooh, a debate has been reignited. So a book has come out. A book called The MCU, An Official Timeline, which is a book I have to have for Christmas, by the way. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just looks real cool. Although it's also one of those things that, like, in three weeks is going to be out of date, <laughs> right? Because, like, yeah. it'll be like, ah, well, it only goes so far. So I don't know. Maybe I don't want it for Christmas. Maybe I'll hold off until, you know, the MCU implodes on itself and and ends. But... In this book, it is. It's just a timeline, right? It's it, it's a it's a from page to page. It's this massive timeline with little things that come out and go. Oh, fall of twenty twenty four, blah blah blah. Like it finally sets all of the continuity straight. Because even on on like if you go on Disney Plus and you're like, hey, I'm gonna watch this in timeline order. You can find many 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 Reddit pages where guys who have like looked at the weather and looked at the this and looked at the that from show to film to whatever and said this is why Disney's this is why Disney's timeline the version that they have on Netflix is not quite accurate this should probably come before that because the seasons don't make sense or because you know xyz so there's a lot of debate this is going to hopefully put all of that to bed this is the official Kevin Feige has obviously signed off on this. Um, this. This is the timeline. One of the things in this timeline is specifically pertaining to Wanda Maximoff and the events of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And it reads, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, destroys Wondagore and collapses it upon herself, ending two great threats to all of the multiverse. Now, many, many, many people, including the article that I've sent you, has taken this and said, all right, that's it. It's been confirmed. The debate is put to bed. Wanda died at the end of that film. Which I think has been your stance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, that was your stance. My stance was, no, nah, I don't think she's dead, right? Because you see that, like, flash of energy or whatever as it's collapsing. And I'm like, well, she just, like, teleported herself out of there, right? But 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 it's it, there's been this debate. And so now many people are saying, okay, look, it, what it says right there, ends two threats. It ends two threats, and that confirms it. She's dead. She was the one threat, and the the... Darkhold, the information from the Darkhold, was the other threat. Well, there's a lot of people who are disagreeing that this is definitive. And I'm one of them. And and maybe I'm wearing a tin foil hat right now. Maybe I'm not. <clears throat> I don't know. It says ends two threats. Obviously, Wondagore and the inscriptions on the wall, the Darkhold, was the one threat. and Which is also stupid because it says ending a threat to the multiverse, which doesn't actually make any sense because, well, she's destroyed this universe's Darkhold. Right? So, like, the multiverse is still 
at at the mercy of the Darkhold from literally every other universe, but whatever. So she's destroyed that, and that's one threat gone. What was the other threat? Well, the other threat was the Scarlet Witch. Not necessarily Wanda Maximoff. Right? And, and, and the Scarlet Witch was prophesized by, foretold by, in the Darkhold. Right? In the ancient lore of, of the Wondergore and, and all this stuff. It was the Scarlet Witch. And it wasn't until Wanda became the Scarlet Witch that she was, tr- or, or was in the beginning stages of becoming the Scarlet Witch, that she was truly a threat. She was a good guy. She was one of the good guys. She helped us bring everyone back. So, uh, my... My the way that I'm unpacking this, the way I'm looking at this is by destroying the Darkhold and Wondagore and everything contained within it, so too is destroyed the Scarlet Witch. But that doesn't necessarily mean Wanda Maximoff is dead. Right? Because it, it it's just it's not definitive enough wording. Right, definitive wording would be, you know, collapsed Wondergore, therefore destroying the Darkhold and ending her life, or killing herself, or perishing as a result. It doesn't say that. It just says that two threats have been destroyed, and I think there's a lot of wiggle room for those two threats to be the Darkhold and the entity of the Scarlet Witch. Right, very similar to being like, you know, oh, um, you know. Professor X locked away the Phoenix deep down inside of Jean Grey so that it couldn't get out, therefore eliminating a threat. Right. Well, it doesn't mean doesn't mean he killed Jean Grey. Right? Like it's it's kind of in many ways this like separate entity. Like Wanda was not herself <laughs> when she was the Dark Witch or the Scarlet Witch. So I don't know. That's that's just sort of my take on it, Carl. Is there? Am I completely out to lunch here? Can you see my point of view? Even if you don't agree with it, can you see my my you know the ground that I'm standing on and make some sort of sense of it? Or am I just crazy? Um, I can I can you know yeah I I can see your your point of view. I can I see your theory. Um, I think there's a merit to it. Um, I don't agree with it a hundred percent. The thing that I latch onto in your theory was that it's not the only dark hold. Right. Right. Um, so to that universe, uh, Wanda Maximoff, I think the, uh, using the Lokiisms, the sacred timeline Maximoff is Wanda Maximoff is dead. Right, but other Wanda Maximoffs are still alive because, and yes, there are. Uh, it's an interesting take, right? And uh, Feige's signed off on this, right? But like, I googled it and uh, looking at like 
like the people who wrote it, the authors, the credited authors for this, they're not, they're not part of Marvel or Disney. Right. One is a senior Hollywood correspondent for Vanity Fair. No. One is an editor for for Nerdist. One is, so these are just like, I'll call them quote unquote fans. <laughs> like yeah. they enjoy the content, but it's probably more of a job for them than it is fans for with us. credentials. Yeah. Yeah. Like they might not be as invested as, as, as other paying fans will say, like they might not know the lore as deep, but so right. they're some of what they're saying might be, they might've been told, uh, they might've been told and then interpret it and wrote it, wrote it down in their own way. So like, Ending tooth great threats to all of the multiverse. At that point in time, at that point in time, that Darkhold and that Wanda Maximoff were the two great threats. And the Darkhold in the MCU, uh, I agree with you, like the Wanda in at that moment is not the Wanda we knew. She was corrupted by the Darkhold. I don't like, I don't think she's got like a full kind of a Vader redemption arc here. Right. Like I think, I think she's got a moment of clarity when she sees the Wanda from her own world and with her kids. And she's like, ah, crap, I gotta stop this. And in that moment of clarity, she kind of breaks free of the dark hold, but I think the dark hold still has its claws in her. Maybe. Um, Yeah. But so I, I would say she's still she's still dead. The the dark hold from the sacred timeline at that point in time is gone. But you know, like Wanda still exists in another universe, and so does the dark hold. Yeah, and we know it still exists in another universe because unlike the book of Vishanti, which apparently there's only one of in all of the multiverse. Yeah, explain that. There, there are multiple dark holds because. No, a number of do- doctor the the one doc we saw the one doctor strange who was corrupted with it yeah the the other doctor strange who we don't meet who was killed by the illuminati used one right to defeat so, thanos yeah so there there are a number of dark holds across the multiverse yeah so yeah uh i i i half-heartedly agree with your theory all right. Well, we'll see how it shakes out. I, yeah. I'm just I, hoping, like, you know, if if that is the end, then I would say that Wanda has actually had one of the best character arcs. You know, agreed. maybe maybe next to Tony Stark, yeah. has had one of the best character arcs in all of the MCU. Yeah. And so, if that is the end, then then you know, she went out on top, <laughs> and that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Anybody but, who's on top of their movie news will. We'll we'll know that that might not be the case. I just that's next week. week. That's next week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's gonna be that. May be the only topic next week. We may need that much time. That's ridiculous. Speaking of which, that is the end of our topics for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, also now known as X or Y or W. I we have a Patreon page. Make sure you check that out for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show. Helps us pay the bills. We have like annual expenses to run a podcast. It's not free. It's not free, man. And then gear breaks down and SD cards crap out. And 
We pay a lot of money out of pocket to keep this thing going. Um, and what's the other? Oh, and you get some perks in return, right? You get increased voting power when uh, when we put out one of our votes to see what which one of a random four films we should watch. Um, you get some bonus content, like Carl singing about having to go pee, which I'm guessing he's probably doing in his own head right now. Um, and we have a merch page. Yeah, it's getting cold out there, people. We've got a toque to keep your toque. noggin warm. Or, sorry, uh, uh, what is it for America? A beanie? beanie a scully? Yeah. What do they call them? I, I don't know. There's a, it's, a toque. Think, it's a winter hat, it's, a knitted it's like, winter hat. It, I mean, at this point, toques or beanies or whatever you want to call them are kind of like baseball caps. Like, you got baseball caps, you got the striker caps, you got the snapbacks, you got the flex fits, you got the, you know, you got the the hugger nuggers you got you know like there's all <laughs> you're, kinds you're of different listing all kinds of things i've never even heard of a hugger nugger <laughs> i mean i made a few up there at the end but like you know what i mean like a ball cap there's like all kinds of different ball caps and and terminology for what they are the different ones are so hugger nugger sounds more like a sex position than a piece of apparel oh <laughs> uh, god, god can't you play can look so- it up later can't play soccer today i threw my back out doing a hugger nugger last night Jeez! Oh man, the, do you? We have two colors for the our toque or beanie or whatever you want to call it on our shop page. One yeah, is my gray two favorite and one is colors. Black. Yeah, and I'm switching between them, and it's like the picture, like ever, ever, ever so slightly changes shades. <laughs> like it's almost identical. Shh. <laughs> black will take over the world. It's the predominant color. Uh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, stay tuned this week. We've got, uh, we're going to, we're playing a little bit of catch up with Loki. We're going to drop two Loki episodes this week. So that's exciting. So, woo. Fun, fun, fun for everyone. Everyone.